Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All righty, rocking and rolling on this Wednesday. It is the Zach Gelb Show, coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. We all remember Creighton's run to the Elite Eight a year ago. The Blue Jays had an enormous victory last night for the first time ever in their program's history they have taken down a number one team in the country, defeating the number one UConn Huskies, who are the defending national champs, by a final score of 85-66. to 66. Now joining us is the head coach of the Creighton men's basketball team. He's been the HC since 2010, and that, of course, is Greg McDermott. Coach, appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much for making a few minutes, and congratulations after a big win for your program last night. Well, thank you very much. It was a... Uh... It was a great night for our program and our community. Um, you know, the the arena was absolutely uh, hopping last night. Uh, it was a lot of fun for everybody involved. And, you know, a great win for our program, especially this time of year as you move closer to the Big East tournament and the NCAA tournament. We know this group is experienced. I'm not saying they needed more confidence, but when you get an enormous victory like that, does it just provide naturally some more confidence to your group? I don't think there's any questions, Zach. And you know, we we've we've won some road games this season uh, against some good teams, and I think that I think that in itself probably gives you more confidence than anything when you could go into a, you know, a, a, a very difficult place at Nebraska who hasn't lost a home game this year except to us going to Butler, going to Seton Hall, um, and and find ways to win. I think that 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 validates a lot of things that you're doing on a daily basis on the practice floor. And, um, you know, our home court's a great home court and, you know, we've been fortunate, uh, you know, to, to have a lot of success there. And, and last night certainly uh, fell in line with that. Like you said, your program has had a lot of success. People have a lot of respect for you and what you've done at Creighton, but you've been there now for at least over a decade since 2010 to get that program's first win ever against a number one team in the nation. Just how do you kind of put that moment, especially being at home, into perspective? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's historic. Um, you know, any, anytime you're able to do something that's never been done, um, you know, it's a really cool experience, I think, for the guys on the team. They're never going to forget it. Uh, I think our fans that were at that game last night are certainly going to remember the experience last night. Um, but, you know, it was a game between two two really good basketball teams. And, and obviously, UConn has certainly earned – all the attention they've gotten this year and the number one ranking because of how well they've played. You know, Danny's done an unbelievable job, uh, you know, retooling part of that lineup to get to the point uh, where, you know, he's got a team capable of winning a national championship again. So, you know, we're really, really happy for our program, really happy for our, for our guys and for our fans. Uh, but, uh, you know, not surprised that we won. You know, we, we felt like uh, we had a good enough team to win that game. Oh, were you surprised that you blew them out? That was a surprising <laughs> part, right? 
you know, we shot, we shot it extremely well. And, you know, we, we knew we were going to have to, um, you know, if you're going to make a living of, of challenging Donovan Klingon at the rim, it's going to be a long night, you know? So, you know, we, we played uh, more outside in than inside out than what, you know, and usually Kalkbrenner is someone we try to establish. We try to establish the rim a little bit more. Um, and we just stayed away from that last night and, you know, tried to make him chase us around the perimeter and, and then defense, Defensively, you know, UConn's only scored under 70 points four or five times all season. Twice it's been against us. Uh, you know, so we've had two defensive plans that have been executed by our guys that, you know, at least are going to give yourself a chance against a, a, an elite offensive team. Talking to Greg McDermott right now, you look at your three leading scores from a year ago, all back, Shireman, Kalkbrenner, like you mentioned, and Alexander. They've all gotten better this season, and you see it from a statistical standpoint as well. What did you kind of challenge those three coming off the Elite Eight run a year ago to kind of do this offseason to get those results that we're seeing now? You know, B Baylor went through uh, the draft process two years ago uh, before he transferred here when he left South Dakota State. So he he had been through that process. Um, and when he made the decision last year to, to come back for one more year, it actually was a surprise to me because, uh, you know, because when we recruited him, the plan was one year and he's going to go back to the draft. But Baylor really thought he could get better. He thought he could grow. Uh, he thought he could be more impactful if he added some strength to his body and really transformed his body, worked to get his shot off a little bit quicker, uh, and then try to get a little bit more agile on the defensive end, and he's done that. And our conversations with Trey and Ryan throughout the draft process as they were uh, you know, trying to figure out what was going to be best for them and their career at that stage, of that at that point in time, if you're going to come back, you know, let's let's make sure we take advantage of it. Let's really work. Let's get better. Uh, let's make sure that when we go on the floor in November, that everybody's seeing a better version of Trey Alexander and Ryan Kalkbrenner because of the work that you put in in the offseason. And to their credit, they've they've both done it. And, you know, those three have been terrific examples and mentors and leaders uh, for this team. And then you add in Stephen Ashworth, who's a natural leader in his own right. Um, and, you know, we've been able to kind of grow as the season's gone forward. Talking to Greg McDermott right now, his program got a victory last night up against number one, UConn. Um, so when you get all these guys back, it's awesome, but then it's a new year. And I think that's always tough when you have so much success, which you want, because everyone feels like not only do you have to replicate it, but you have to take it even a step further. How did you guys, once everyone came back, started to put what happened last year in the rearview mirror and not get people caught up too much in last year to make this year a little bit different? You know, we lost some pieces with with Nemhart and Kaluma deciding to transfer. So, you know, we we had to replace them. Um, you know, with the portal and Stephen Ashworth, and then within our program at that power forward spot with Mason Miller, Isaac Trout transferred in from Virginia, and now Jason Green is playing really well. Uh, so, I think our I think our fans understood that it's probably going to take a little bit of time. But we were also, I believe, preseason top ten ish a year ago. So, you know, Trey Alexander, Baylor Shireman, Ryan Kalkbrenner, they'd already been through that and understood that while it's nice to get the attention in the preseason and when you're playing by games in November, December, it really doesn't mean anything. Like you, you have to hook it up. You have to really be uh, married to daily improvement and daily growth if you want to be playing your best basketball in, in March. And uh, so it, it, I don't think it I don't think the expectations were a negative to this group at all. And, you know, we played in a, in a game last year against San Diego State where we're one possession away from the Final Four. And, and you know, their focus has really been 
understanding and making sure the rest of the team understands the importance of one possession uh, because we were one possession away from the final four. And if we get back in that spot, uh, you know, we want to try to kick that door down. The transfer portal in NIL has changed the way of, of college basketball, college football, of college athletics. You mentioned Stephen Ashworth and some other transfers as well. It's kind of like speed dating to try to find the right fit for your program. You don't know if it's going to work. You hope it's going to work. When you guys are looking to bring in people via the transfer portal, how do you know if someone has a chance of being a right fit for your squad? Yeah, I mean, for us, uh, you know, Isaac Trout, we recruited out of high school. Um and, you know, I'd recruited him for a few years. So we were very familiar uh, with his skill set and, you know, what we think he's going to be able to bring to our program long term, which we're very excited about. Uh, you know, when Nemhart decided to leave, it was a surprise. Uh, so when you, when you try to fill in a spot like that, you know, there's there's a lot of things at play. Certainly you need someone that's talented enough. But with us, because we play a very unselfish brand of basketball, the, the culture fit is really important as well. And, and and finding someone that would complement Trey Alexander, not take away from Trey Alexander. Uh, so a ball-dominant point guard was not someone that we were in the market for uh, because part of what we talked to Trey about when he went through the draft process is putting the ball in your hands more, uh, you know, showing people what a great decision maker you are. That was a little more difficult to do when he was on the floor with Ryan Nemhart, uh, but it's, it's really happened seamlessly uh, with Stephen Ashworth. So... Uh, there's a lot of things that go into play and, you know, with us, it was finding the right person for that point guard position as much as the right player. And, uh, you know, Stephen Ashworth has been absolutely terrific. You've adapted. I know there's been some legendary coaches in football and basketball to walk away recently. And a lot of people feel like that's because of the changes in the sport at the age of 59. Do you still love this sport? Do you still see yourself, uh, coaching like for maybe another five, 10 years or, or more than that? Yeah, you know, I I, I love I love pra- I love practice. Uh, you know, I love teaching, and that's why I got into it. Uh, I love the relationship piece of my job, and if we ever get to the point that it becomes all transactional, that's probably the point that you know I really think about walking away if relationships don't matter anymore. Um, but in our program, they do, and and not just coaches' relationships with players, but it's it's our staff relationships, it's players' relationships with one another. And, and being able to put together a group of guys that truly likes to celebrate each other's success. And to me, that's, that's, that warms my heart in coaching when I see that, uh, that you know, teammates are really, really happy when, when something good happens to, to one of their buddies. Um, so as, as, long as, I, as long as we can keep accomplishing that and bringing in the right people, um, you know, this has never really seemed like a job for me uh, in the 35 years that I've done it. Um, so I don't really want to start working now. Do you feel like this is your last stop? Because I know the history with Ohio State, naturally your name gets thrown uh, right at the top of, of their list with their vacancy. Do you think Creighton is your last stop as a coach? Yeah, I mean, you, you never say never. Uh, you know, obviously I met with them the last time and, and had a tough decision to make um, at that time. Uh, but I've always said that, you know, if I had my choice, it would be to, to end my career at Creighton. And the last thing I'll ask you, Coach Greg McDermott here with us after his team's sensational victory over UConn. When you were going through all that madness uh, when the game was ending, trying to get back to your locker room and all that euphoria is unfolding, just what was was going through your mind in the moment, fresh right off that blowout victory? Well, as you said, I'm 59 years old. I was trying to get the hell out of the way so I didn't get <laughs> ran over. I'm, I'm not quite agile enough to to dodge those bullets when those students kept come flying on the court. But um, you know, we, we haven't had many court storms, uh, during my time here. Uh, 
you know, we've, we've had a pretty good basketball team. So they're, uh, you know, the, the Seton Hall uh, game in 2020, when we, uh, when we got to share the Big East title was the last time we've had a court storm in our building. So it doesn't happen very often. And then to see the joy on those students' faces, and there was a few adults out there jumping around as well, uh, was pretty cool. But, uh, you know, the scene in the locker room to celebrate with a group of guys that uh, has really given you everything that they have um, was, was really special and, and certainly a night I'll never forget. Coach, your team's fun to watch. Uh, excellent victory last night. Congratulations and appreciate you. Uh, I know it's a busy day making a few minutes for us. Thanks, Zach. Anytime. You got it. There he is, Greg McDermott, the head coach of the Creighton Blue Jays, off a very impressive victory last night up against Danny Hurley's squad, the defending national champions in UConn. And I can't wait for the uh, Big East tournament, and I can't wait for March Madness as well. But that was a fun moment that kind of serves as an appetizer for all the mayhem that's going to go down in a few weeks. Okay, we'll take a timeout. We'll come on back. We got a few would-you-rather questions when it pertains to to some NFL quarterbacks moving forward for the next five to ten years. But let's get the latest CBS Sports Radio update in first with the Ackman, Rich Ackerman. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 